This is an out loud recording of one of our latest YouTube videos. To find us, go to youtube.com slash redditreaders or click the link in the description below. Hey everyone and welcome to a very special combo post. Today we have a r slash malicious compliance post with an included r slash pro revenge sequel. So let's get started. Today's post. You want half. Okay. Over 10 years ago, I started dating my ex. I didn't know this then, but she is an entitled Karen. They say hindsight is 2020. We met when I was 20 through my brother's friend. We are both the same age, both from dysfunctional families. I was a seasonal worker, working a variety of seasonal jobs like picking fruit and packing sheds. Hard work, but good pay. Work available 45 weeks of the year. She was, quote, between jobs. We met, started dating, and things were going well. After a year, we got a flat together. Six months later, she begrudgingly landed a job, but quit one month in when we found out she was two weeks pregnant. At this point, we got a mortgage, and I was working as an apprentice chef, working shifts on apprenticeship wages six days a week, leaving for work between 7 to 9 a.m., getting home between 9 to 11 p.m., depending on how busy we were. I won't lie, it was tough. Our daughter was born. I was told she became pregnant to trap me, but I dismissed it. This is where things changed. I was working 40 to 60 hours a week, coming home to an angry girlfriend and a trashed house. Just to clarify, I don't believe in traditional gender roles. It's not a man's place to work or a woman's place to clean. I believe in a partnership where both parties pull their weight. A typical week for me was working Tuesday to Sunday, then spending Monday cleaning every dirty plate, cup, and pan in the sink, which was every dish I owned. Her week was watching TV and shopping on Facebook Tuesday to Thursday, takeaway Friday because we are out of clean dishes, then spending Saturday and Sunday at her sister's. She developed this the world owes me complex, took control of the finances, I wasn't allowed to spend any money to the point that she would yell at me if I purchased fuel, gas to get to work. The amount of money she wasted on useless crap still makes my blood boil. Fast forward five years, things have not changed. I work, clean on my day off, and I'm still explaining why I need to spend money on work-related expenses and fuel. One day while working, I got a text from her sister, quote, emergency, please call me ASAP. I tell the head chef I gotta make a call and head into the storeroom. It was the call I will never forget. Hi, it's me, Karen's sister. I'm not sure if I should tell you this, Karen's been cheating on you. To summarize, seven different men over three years. To make it worse, she was buying them crap with money I earned, redrawing on our mortgage. She even spent $800 fixing one of their cars. I was livid. I confronted her, most of which she eventually admitted to once finding out her family told me. I said I wanted to break up. I changed my banking password, offered her the house, to which she declined, stating she doesn't want the worthless dump. We agreed to 50-50 custody. 
I spent the next six months working, decluttering from years of Karen's impulse spending and staying strong for my now five-year-old daughter. My work was understanding and agreed to reduce my hours and gave me a pay raise to make sure I'm not too much out of pocket. Karen went on to date and got engaged to one of the guys she cheated on me with. Number three, I think. Introducing Bob. Bob was twice her age, working eight hours a week trying to find ways to work less. She was still in between jobs. Needing money, Karen calls me stating she wants her half of the house. My country allows two years for assets to be divided before they become the sole possession of either party, so she is well within her rights to ask. The conversation went like this, Karen. So I decided I want my half of the house, me. Um, okay, I thought you said you wanted none of it. Karen. Well, I changed my mind. Now, the house is worth $120,000. By law, I'm entitled to half, which is $60,000, but I'll do you a favor and settle for $20,000. I explained that she is indeed entitled to half the property. She needs to look at the capital, amount owed versus value of property. House had an estimated value of $120,000, local government evaluation. We still owed $115,000, should be less, but she kept withdrawing money from the mortgage and property values dropped that year. I said that by this math, she's entitled to half of 5,000, but I'm willing to give you 5,000, remove your name from the mortgage, and pay for a convancer to remove your name from the deed. This would have costed me 10,000 in total. She would walk away with 5,000 more than she would get if we sold right now. She said, I'm worth more than $5,000. My offer is now $30,000. By next week or we sell. Cue the malicious compliance. I calmly said okay, and hung up letting her think she had won. She also texted me with the same demand. I booked in to see a lawyer and had a letter drafted. I also met with two real estate agents. One week later, Karen came around, let herself in. I gave her an envelope. Assuming it was a check, she snatched it from my hands, tore it open, to find a letter from my lawyer to the effect of, Karen, as directed by yourself on date, text, screenshot, and closed, my client, my name, will vacate property on date. Mortgage payment made up to this point has been made by my client. As you had no use of the property, we will not seek compensation for payment made. My client spent $7,000 on repairs, receipts included. As co-owner, we are seeking compensation of $3,500 from you. My client has paid $1,500 in rates and utilities, receipts included. We are seeking compensation of $750. Additionally, between date of moving out and date of sale, you are responsible for half of mortgage payments, rates, utilities, and repairs required for sale. She realized the predicament she was in. Oh, I'll just take the $5,000. Me. Mm, nah. You told me if I don't give you $30,000 by today, we sell. Karen. Uh, I was just kidding. Me. No, you weren't. Karen. $4,000. Me. No. Karen. $3,000 and I give you something on the side. Wink, wink. Me. Backing away. No. We're selling. Her yelling again. I can't afford this. You know I'm between jobs and Bob isn't working much. We need this money for our wedding. Me. Not my problem. I also suggested she speaks to real estate agents. I was told to sell for a profit. We needed to spend $2,000 or the chances are we were selling for a loss. Both estimated that the house would sell for $110,000.
her real estate agents have the same evaluation. With her written promise to pay me back, I did the work, spent the $2,000, got the house reevaluated, and was told we should make a profit. At her request, we used her lawyer to handle the sale. House took nine weeks to sell, 15 weeks, including settlement. She owed me $8,000. After the sales costs and fees paying back, there was a $19,000 profit on the sale. In typical Karen fashion, she assumed her lawyer would give her the whole lot as it's her lawyer. I told the lawyer that she owes me $8,000. The money can remain in trust until she agrees to pay me back. As per settlement laws, both parties must agree how the funds are going to be divided before the lawyer can divide it. She wasn't happy with this and threatened to sue her lawyer. Three months go by. Money is still with her lawyer. I get a call from Karen. Karen, hey listen, I know things have been awkward. I really need my half of the money. Can we please split it and I'll pay you back $20 a week? Me, no. You get money after you pay me back. You could pay me out of your settlement. Long pause, whispers between Karen and presumably Bob. If we agree to $7,000 out of our settlement, would you consider the debt paid? Me, that means you get $2,500. Karen, I know, but I'm in real need of this money right now. Me, put it in writing and you got a deal. TLDR, cheating ex reneges on her word and tries to force $20,000 from me. I offer her a generous $5,000. Following her orders, she winds up with $2,500, while I walk away with $16,500. Edit. People are asking about the daughter. We still have 50-50. I encourage her to maintain a relationship with her mom. As my child's mother, I forwarded a level of respect. Reminding her to call her mom, never talking smack about her, etc. I don't get the same treatment, but I do it for her. Edit 2. We did a DNA test. She is my biological daughter. Honestly though, five years of raising her, she was my kid regardless. Edit 3. Thanks for all the kind words and upvotes. My dad went through a similar situation with my mom, but he always stayed strong for his kids. He told us to call her, drove us six hours to visit her every second month, and never said a bad word against her. She would tell us that he was a vile, horrible man. When Karen and I broke up, he finally told me why they divorced. My mom's infidelity. He didn't do it to hurt her reputation. In fact, he asked me to keep it quiet from my siblings. He told me that no matter what she did, how much she hurt me, I need to see her for what she is, my child's mother. Being 25 years old and hurting, it really put things into perspective for me. So that wraps up the malicious compliance. Now here is our follow-up pro-revenge post. The post, co-parent threatened me with child protection report. Following the success of my malicious compliance story, you want half okay, I got another story relating to my co-parent, Karen. This story takes place a few years after our breakup and settlement of our house. We have had two years of 50-50 custody of our daughter, one week on, one week off, handover is Monday after school which is good as I avoid seeing Karen most weeks. On one of my weeks, kid comes down with a stomach flu on Thursday, both ends like a volcano. This carried through to Saturday and Sunday. She was tired, but no symptoms. I kept her home on Monday to ensure she's 48 hours symptom free before sending her to school. I dropped the kid off at Karen's informing her she has had a stomach flu. She should be fine for school tomorrow. 
Without asking any additional questions, she utters a sound I've only heard camels make before closing the door. Rude. But anyway. Three days go by. I get a call from Karen. Karen. Kid is lactose intolerant. You need to get special milk. Me. Huh? Where is this coming from? Karen. She had ice cream last night and threw up 45 minutes later. I spoke to my hair and beauty teacher who said she must be lactose intolerant. Now, it's time to mention my girlfriend at the time. Wife now. Is a qualified and practicing dietitian and is listening to this call as I put it on speaker. Wife. I really don't think so. Lactose intolerance mainly affects the bowels. Kid had gastro last week. The body will often reject dairy foods for one to two weeks post-gastro. If symptoms continue after three weeks, then it's something to look into. She went on to explain the body science behind this, but I'll spare you the details. My wife said that she cannot make a formal diagnosis that, as that requires specific costly tests, but she can refer and treat such conditions. She said it's her professional opinion, as these symptoms are sudden and presented around the same time as gastro. It's gastro-related dairy avoidance. Karen, you're not a doctor. Kid is lactose intolerant, and if you don't comply with the treatment, I'll report you to child protection. I thought for a second and said, okay, I'll make you a deal. You get the formal diagnosis, and I'll fund the full cost of the test. If it comes back negative, I'm not paying a cent. Hearing this, my wife smiled. Karen, so I pay for the test, and when I get the diagnosis, you'll pay me back the full amount? Me. Yep, including flights and accommodation. Karen agreed to this deal. I text her this for written evidence. She replied with, okay. A few weeks go by. Kid tells me, mommy is taking me to Melbourne for tests. I get to go on a plane, yay! It's a good time to note. That week, Kid was having milk with her breakfast, and surprise, surprise, no problems. Another four weeks go by. Karen calls me. Karen. So the test results came back negative. The specialist said it was probably gastro-related issues. Nothing that we could have seen coming, but at least now we know. Anyway, the flights cost me $600. Accommodation was $150. Tests were $750, so you owe my half, which is $900. Me. Um, firstly, my wife, who treats conditions like this, said it was gastro-related. You refused to listen, stating we are not doctors, but apparently your hair and beauty teacher is a qualified doctor, eh? Secondly, $600, $150, and $750 equals $1,500, half of which is $750, not $900, which brings me to my main point. We agreed that if the test was negative, I wasn't going to pay a cent. You agreed. I hung up, sent her a screenshot of our agreement, including her okay response. Edit. Is she an anti-vaxxer? No. She has no objections to me having kid vaccinated. Is she bad parent? No. We have different parenting styles, but the kid is safe with her. I do pay child support. For a while, well above what is assessed, which is a different story altogether. I pay half of all extracurricular activities and school fees. I organize and pay for dental work, optometrist appointments, never asking for half the money back. To clarify, if the symptoms were that of lactose intolerance, I would have done the test without hesitation. The facts are this. We had a lab confirmation of norovirus gastro. GP advised, like they always do, to avoid dairy for one to two weeks post-symptom. She was aware of this. She self-diagnosed the kid with lactose intolerance, threatened me with child protection if I didn't adhere to a treatment regimen drafted by her for a condition that wasn't evident nor diagnosed. 
she chose to ignore an accredited and practicing dietitian's advice and listen to an unqualified beauty teacher's opinion. As my wife said, the current symptoms, timing, and current physician advice was to avoid dairy for a few weeks. A few weeks after symptoms cleared, kid was having milk and cheese again with no issues. There was no reason to be worried that this was anything other than what the GP had told us. So that's it for the post, guys. I really enjoyed this one. Um, I think just just how much the OP was able to come out on top just by sheer, like, finances-wise, like, just made a lot of money uh, from Karen here uh, was pretty satisfying. But I think, I think the most interesting thing to me was just how mature he is in recognizing that while uh, this Karen is just an extremely flawed human being and frustrating and annoying. She's still his child's mother and she's still a good mom and he needs to respect her and not let the kids see, um, you know, certain ways he might feel about her, never bad talk her to them. I think that's just such a mature and interesting and, uh, just cool way of, of framing things and such a cool perspective to see. So, I thought that was really eye-opening and really interesting, the way a parent can just shield and protect their kids from certain things. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed it too. We always hope you enjoy these posts. If you did, leave a like or a comment to contribute to the discussion below. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to see more and hear more posts from r slash malicious compliance, r slash pro revenge, and other subreddits in the future, please subscribe. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. Enjoying the podcast? An easy and effective way to support us is to simply subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find us at youtube.com slash redditreaders or click the link in the description box below. It would mean so much to us. As always, thank you for listening.